Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Bebop Tales. Bebop Tales is on the way. Bebop Tales. What else do I have to say? Bebop Tales is on right now. Tell your mom and dad and cow. Alright, hey everybody, it's Bebop here. Your friendly, average, dimension-jumping, worlds-saving, warlock-battling, robot-being friend. Bebop Robomogo Wanatron. And we are here, I'm sorry to say, at the season finale of Bebop Tales Season 5. And what a season it has been. We've been following our friend Pandolf the Wizard as he searches for the Pandiferous Pearl that is the source of all of his power. We've been eaten by a robot snake, nearly set on fire by chicken nuggets, and escaped a 17-eared bat, changed the channel on an enchanted television, and now we face a disappearing panda. All totally normal things that have definitely happened to me before I became Jonathan's co-host and, let's face it, role model. Now, for today's episode, we have a question from our friend David from Israel. Take it away. Hi, I'm David Singer from Beit Shemesh, Israel, and I want to know, have you ever shrunk to the size of of an Adam? Now that is a great question. I don't know who Adam is, but I probably have been smaller than him in the past. Unless Adam is smaller than an Adam. Oh, uh, wait. Wait. Yep. I get it. He's talking about whether I've ever been smaller than an Adam. A-T-O-M. The smallest unit into which matter can be divided and still retain the characteristic properties of an element, which is a definition I just came up with off the top of my head. So, David and listeners, have I ever been smaller than the smallest unit into which matter can be divided and still retain the characteristic properties of an element? You betcha. And I'll tell you all about it in today's episode of Bebop Tales Season 5, Episode 6, Small Time Crook. Right here, Tiny, said Pandolf, who had reappeared a short distance from Bebop. Oh, said Bebop. Great, now let's get... But Pandolf disappeared again, only to reappear deeper into the mist. This is the most annoying cliffhanger ever, said Bebop. Pandolf, stay right there. I'm coming to you. But Pandolf disappeared again, and when he reappeared, right next to Bebop, it was like Bebop was looking at a ghost. He could see right through Pandolf. He reached out a hand, and Pandolf took it. Bebop could feel the panda's paw in his hand, but Pandolf was already disappearing again. You have to listen to me, said Pandolf. I saw something over there when I disappeared last time. Now, before I disappear again, I will... Pandolf dissolved again, and Bebop strode forward, hoping to find his friend, 
When Pandolf reappeared, he was like a shadow, barely there. The pearl, said Pandolf. It's up ahead. I could see it through a small hole in the wall. Listen, before I disappear again. But Pandolf disappeared. Stop saying before I disappear again, and then just say what you were going to say, said Bebop. The robot slowly made his way across the room and could see the small hole in the wall Pandolf had told him about. A bright white light shone from it. It must be the pearl. But how could he ever get to it? When Pandolf returned this time, he was like a faded memory, like he was part of the mist swirling around in that room. I have to make you tiny, tiny, he said. Quick! And shrink a miniscoca! shouted the bear. And then he disappeared. Bebop immediately felt different. The room grew larger and larger around him. The little bits of mist seemed to form raindrops, and it wasn't until he reached a hand for the wall that he realized what had happened. Pandolf had shrunken him down to just smaller than the size of an atom, the smallest unit into which matter can be divided and still retain the characteristic properties of an element. Did I really need to be this small? Said Bebop, annoyed that Pandolf's magic was made strong by the pearl and seemed to finally work in the way the bear intended. Okay, here goes nothing said Bebop, as he began to climb the rocky wall, making his way up to the small hole through which he had glimpsed the pearl's light. It took a long time, longer than this episode has time for, but eventually Bebop made it to the hole, and he traversed through the wall into a room filled with the white light of the pearl. There it sat atop a pillow, atop a podium, atop a throne, atop a riser, atop another riser. Are you kidding me? Said Bebop. I'm supposed to climb all of that. He began the long climb down the other side of the wall. It took a long time, longer than this episode has time for, before he finally got to the floor. He then began the long walk across the room. It took a long time, longer than this episode has time for. When you're smaller than an atom, even a trip from wall to wall is an epic journey. An ant crawled out in front of Bebop. Hey, want a ride, buddy? Said the ant. I can't. Said Bebop. You know, all of the crazy questions listeners have written in and asked me, and not one of them has ever asked me if I've ridden on the back of an ant, so unfortunately, I can't. Thanks a lot, everybody. <laughs> I can hear you in here, tiny robot. A shadow passed over Bebop, and the ant scurried off. There was Messingham, striding across the room in his black warlock robes and gray fuzzy slippers. Bebop stood still, so as not to be stepped on. I know you're in here, said Messingham, but where are you? Bebop said nothing. He had made it to the first riser and started to climb up. Did your panda friend cast an invisibility spell on you? Clever, 
Messingham raised a finger into the air. But two can play at that game. Revelioso! He cried. Bebop braced himself, but nothing happened. Interesting, said Messingham. So, it wasn't an invisibility spell. Nope, yelled Bebop, now climbing up the second riser. Guess again. Hmm, said Messingham. Well, if it wasn't invisibility, I bet he cast a camouflage spell. That should be easy enough to undo. Purpulify! Messingham turned all of the walls and the floor and the ceiling purple. If Pandolf had camouflaged Bebop, then the robot would have stood out against the purple walls. Cold purple spell, said Bebop as he climbed the arm of the throne. But I'm not camouflaged. <laughs> Laughed the wizard. I'm impressed. So, if you're not invisible and you're not camouflaged, what are you? You're also not able to attack me, are you? Or else you would have by now. Hmm, <laughs> I know. Bebop's heart sank. Messingham had figured it out. The panda must have expelled you to a parallel dimension. Yes, a shadow dimension. And so you can see and hear me, and I can see and hear you, but you can't touch me. That's it, isn't it? That is awfully complicated, said Bebop, as he shimmied up the podium and grabbed onto the corner of the pillow where the pearl sat. I know, said Messingham. It is complicated. How does that spell go again? Ultra dimension. Uh, can you just tell me if I'm right about that? Because I have to go look up the spell and it's going to take a while. Bebop didn't say anything. He had climbed on top of the pillow and had reached the pearl. But now what? He was at the pearl, but he was smaller than an atom, the smallest unit into which matter can be. Oh, never mind, you get it. He couldn't pick up the pearl. He couldn't even nudge the pearl off the pillow. All he could do was shade his eyes as the light from the enormous pearl shone all around like the sun had landed in the room. Oh, <laughs> laughed Messingham. Of course, I know. He shrunk you, and I bet he shrunk you smaller than the smallest unit into which matter can be divided and still retain the characteristic properties of an element, didn't he? I should have thought of that in the first place. Messingham, casting his gaze around the room, lifted a finger into the air and smiled. And begin! Bebop began to grow, but the transformation was slow, and apparently Pandolf's spell was strong, because he only grew to be the size of a bacterium, a microorganism made up of a single cell. See how much you learn listening to Bebop tales? Bebop still couldn't budge the pearl. He needed to be bigger, and he had an idea. You got that right, he yelled to Messingham. But I'm still too small for you to see. Try again, messy flaps. <sighs> growled Messingham. I don't like that name. And begin! <sighs> Bebop grew even larger, 
this time becoming the size of a grape, a small fruit that grows on a... Uh, you know what a grape is. Try again, Flappy Ham. And begin! Bebop was now the size of a mouse. Just the right size for what he needed to do. Messingham, panting, was standing right in front of Bebop, but with his back to the podium. Bebop picked up the pearl in his small hands and yelled, You're terrible at spells, you know that? Messingham, furious, spun around. Bebop dashed forward and leapt from the pillow, grabbing hold of the warlock's robes. He climbed steadily up the warlock. Messingham still couldn't see him, and he bellowed one more time, but Bebop stuck the pearl into the warlock's ear, bringing all of the power of the panda pearl to Messingham. Um, begin! Ow, what's in my ear? Gross! Get it out, get it out, get it out! But it was too late. Messingham had cast such a powerful spell, Bebop grew rapidly, becoming larger than a cat, an animal in the feline family, larger than a dog, an animal in the canine family, larger than a human, an animal that makes podcasts, and bigger and bigger until Bebop was bursting out of the room with the pearl through the tunnels, and finally his head breaking through to the sky, Bebop was as big as the mountain. Messingham, shocked by what happened, clung to Bebop's shoulders, rock dust coating his thinning hair. Bebop reached down and patted Messingham on the head until the pearl fell out of the warlock's ear and into Bebop's palm. Oh, I really don't like you, said Messingham, who opened up a portal and disappeared through it before Bebop could stop him. Bebop, triumphant, looked around. He could see over the jungle where the robot snake had snatched him. He could see across the ocean that lay along the jungle's border. He had the pearl in his hand, but one thing he couldn't see was Pandolf. Hey, Pandolf! yelled Bebop. Pandolf, you can come out now and make me normal-sized. I have the pearl. Pandolf! Pandolf! Bebop Tales, Bebop is huge. But without Pandolf to shrink me, I don't know what to do. Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales. Alright, that's it. That's season five of Bebop Tales. We're gonna have to leave off where I'm a giant. We'll find out in season six what happened to Pandolf. Thank you all so much for all of your questions that helped jog my memory for all of these stories. And I'd say thank you to all the art chefs who have kept me fed during the long nights of making these episodes, including Rachel, who is 8 from Seattle, Ceres, who's 10, and Raiden, who's 8 from Germany, Oscar and Anita from Oregon, Lila and Michaela from Frederick, Maryland, Nora, who's 5 from Brooklyn, Claire, who's 5 from Egypt, Wilder, who's 4 from Rochester, New York, Oscar, who's 9 from New Orleans, Louisiana, Matt, who's nine, who made a cardboard sculpture of me. Our pal, Abe. Liam, who's seven, from Perth in Western Australia. Edie, who's seven, from Dunedin, New Zealand. Nathan, who's five and a half, from Rochester, New York. 
And thank you to my pal Arlo, who drew a picture for me and sent in a joke. What's the difference between a moon rock and an earth rock? The moon rock is a little meteor. <laughs> That's great. Thank you, Arlo. And then thank you to sisters Olivia and Abigail from Charlestown, Massachusetts for this amazing joke. This is... What the alien say to the flying saucer? Give me back that saucer! <laughs> Thank you so much for that amazing joke. Thank you all so much for all of your questions, all of your support, all of your love, all of your ears listening to the show. Jonathan will be back next week to tell you all about the next season of the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. And I will be sitting right beside him, bugging him the whole time. So we will see you next week. Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called the Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history.